We have a few minutes, uh, and I'm certain I won't get through everything that I want to with James this morning, uh, but uh, uh, we're going to uh, jump into wisdom. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get blamed for that, but I saw that come across, and I cracked up because um, Barbara came up with that. I'm not taking any of that. Anyway, um, how can I stop making dumb decisions? I love that. Um, I hope that that fits for you. Uh, let's go ahead and read. We're going to read again James chapter 1, and uh, uh, I'm going to begin reading with verse 1. It's good to uh, keep going over this, so please stick with me. Uh, this, this is the last week, this one and next week, or whenever we get through it. Anyway. Um, so beginning with verse 1, uh, James chapter 1, follow along either on the screen or in your copy of the Word. James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Well, let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded Man, unstable in all his ways. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for you are God. You are a God who understands. You understand all things. You understand uh, our lives. You understand what we're facing, what we faced, what we're going to face. You know, and you are prepared to be uh, that God that uh, is at the ready for whatever we're facing. Father, uh, there are young women across uh, this community this morning who are scared to death that they uh, may be pregnant or they just found out that they're pregnant and they're, they're, uh, it's an unplanned pregnancy and they're, they're terrified that they're going to be rejected by uh, society, whether it's their family or whether it's their church or their friends or their, uh, their occupation or uh, that their world is turned upside down. Father, I know that you're standing there at the ready for even her. Father, for the, the father of those children, Father, they're, they're terrified and they're, they're uncertain. Father, I know that there are those in this room who are facing trials and tribulations and, and difficulties. They've either just been through it or are going through it or are about to go through it. And Father, I know that you, again, stand at the ready. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that as we look at this, uh, briefly, Lord, that you would begin encouraging our hearts, for you are the one place that we can turn to that will change it all, and you can do it in a heartbeat. Father, let us learn a little bit more about your heart this morning. In Jesus' blessed and holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So... Um, just to give you a quick recap, uh, rejoice in the trials that we face, not letting them destroy what will come out of them. That was the first key thought uh, two weeks ago. Last week's key thought was we're expected to weather our trials. 
And in the process of weathering them, we grow in our Christian maturity, experience, and faithfulness. Isn't it great? James is giving us so much foundational meat to stand on. He's changing the way that we see things. <laughs> Boy, how many of you have been facing trials this week, this past week? Good. How many of you faced them with joy? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. But, you know, everything that happens in life, good, bad, and ugly, is there to bolster us, to move us forward, and to fulfill God's plan for our lives. Whether it's the fulfillment that's happening in the midst of the trial or, or as a result of the trial, as, as whatever the situation, there, there are reasons well, I've got some good news for you, and that is that we can have confidence when we're in the midst of the trial, we're facing the trial, we can have confidence that we can go to the Father and we can find help. <laughs> I like help. I love help. This iPad is a help. It reminds me what I thought when I wrote it. This Bible is a help because I can go to it and I can be refreshed by it and I can, I can allow it to wash over me and teach me all afresh and anew. I like helps, but the, the ever, ever trustworthy help is God himself. And his assistance is there in the midst of our need. Every believer comes across a time when they're moving into new spiritual territory and do not have a clue as how to get through it. Huh. Listen, uh, and all joking aside, you wouldn't believe how interesting it is to move from a place called North Carolina to a place called Nevada and learning first not to call it Nevada. I was somewhere recently, and I said Nevada, and, I, and they said it's Nevada, just so you know. I was like, you know what? I've only messed up once, buddy. I, 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 went, I went on defense immediately, but anyway. But it's interesting, the differences, in all seriousness, the differences in driving around and, and seeing new places and trying to figure out how everything works. It, it's different here than it is there. Not hugely, but it is different. And it's, as I looked at this scripture, I can't help but think it's that way with us as we go through challenges and trials that we've never been through before. We're, we're going into unchartered territory with trials. There are things that we haven't gone through. So where do we go for help? It's obvious, but where do we go? <laughs> when we're traveling off of the spiritual map, <laughs> what we have done up to this point has prepared us for a faithful walk. But even with all of that preparation, and by the way, side note, Real quick, your faith, your faith should be built before the trial, not in the midst of or the result of a trial. Does that make sense? When I was a little boy, this is all off script, and I'm sorry, guys in the booth, just enjoy the ride. I am. 
When I was a little boy, my mamma lived in northern Kentucky. She lived in Dry Ridge, Kentucky, and she was living there with my uh, papa, who was her second husband. Um, interesting fact, he only had uh, his right arm to just below the elbow, and he lost that in a farming accident. But interesting, they had a big old bed in their, in their bedroom. That's a good thing to have in your bedroom, right? That's why we call it a bedroom. You have a bed. But this was a big old feather bed. Oh, what a fun bed that was. Because what we used to do is we used to sneak in there. Notes, sneak. We would sneak in there and climb up on the footboard. And we'd turn around and we'd jump back into the bed. It was so much fun in this little five-year-old boy's mind. I don't know why, but it was fun. And you'd hit that, hit that feather uh, mattress, and it would just swallow you up. And you'd jump down, and you'd run around, you'd climb up on the footboard, you'd turn around, and you'd jump again. You'd do this over and over and over. It was so much fun until Mamaw came back. And she'd run us out of there, get out of this, because it would mess up the bed, and she couldn't stand it. And... As soon as Mamma wasn't paying attention, <laughs> we'd run back to that bedroom. We'd climb up on that, and we'd do it over and over again. I share that story with you because this was probably 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> no, 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 not, not that story. The t- <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Very unintended. <laughs> About 15 years ago, 20 years ago, something, I had a dream. I had this dream, and in that dream, I was that five-year-old boy again, and I was running and climbing up and jumping backwards into that bed, and I kept doing it and kept doing it, but the last time I did it, I jumped, and when I landed, it felt different, and when I opened my eyes, I wasn't in a feather bed. I was in the arms of Jesus. I was going through a very difficult time. And I woke up from that dream and it was like I was in the arms of Jesus. And I thought, man, that is a beautiful picture of what we're called to in the midst of whatever we're going through is to climb up on the footboard of life, turn around and jump backwards, trusting and knowing that no matter what you're going through, He's there to catch you, to carry you, to teach you, to train you, and to deliver you on the other side of that trial, safe and secure against all alarm. Sorry to use a song reference, but man, how beautiful. Like I said, that wasn't meant to, I just came out this morning and, well, somebody needed it. What we've done up to this point has prepared us to walk faithfully forward. The word if... Did you hear me? If, in verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, really could be translated since. (laughs) Let me read that again, not to offend. Since (laughs) you lack wisdom. (laughs) I'm willing to take it. I hope you are. Since we (laughs) have a lack of wisdom or a lack of understanding or a lack of experience going through whatever it is since, (laughs) wow, since there will come a time when wisdom leaves you. Jewish Christians should understand wisdom. James 
To James and the Jews, wisdom was much more than knowledge and intelligence. This isn't back there on your guys' stuff at all. Judaism emphasized that the fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom. That's found over in Proverbs 1, chapter 7. Wisdom was a spiritual trait which developed from a wholehearted love for God's ways. James will later contrast divine wisdom with earthly wisdom. That's over in chapter 3. Earthly wisdom is unspiritual and many times even demonic. Divine wisdom is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. As we Christians gain wisdom, we can understand how our trials merge into God's plan for our lives. We have a commitment to his will that is necessary to assure that we follow God and not wander from the path of his plan. So how do we gain wisdom from God? (laughs) How do we gain it? Ask him. (laughs) Hey, it's that simple. You say, well, it's not that simple. I feel like, preacher, when I, when I pray, I feel like I, I get on my knees, I'm hurting, and, and God, I, God, help me. God, please help me. My prayers aren't reaching past the ceiling. Preacher, I don't even, I don't think he hears me. I got good news for you this morning. It, actually, it's great news, and that is this. When you get on your knees or on your face or however, whatever position you choose and you lift up your voice to God, your voice does not have to leave past the ceiling. It doesn't have to go anywhere. He's right here, right now, wherever you are, he's ready to listen. And when you call on him, he will answer you. You believe it? You trust him? Trust in, cling to, rely on Know that he's going to answer you. And listen, you might not like the answer. You might not. I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes God says yes. Isn't it fun when you get a yes? Honey, can I have a second piece of cake? Yes. (laughs) That's a great yes. I love it when I pray and God says yes. I love that. But I also love it when I pray and God says no. Really? You like no's? Honey, can I have another piece of cake? No. Honey, please? No. God, please? No. And I'll tell you why you can trust in, cling to, and rely on a God who says no to you. Because if he's saying no to you, it is in your best interest. That's where wisdom is born. When you can trust him to say yes or no, dependent on what it is that is best for your walk and your life. Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes he's not going to say yes or no. (laughs) Sometimes God, he's just going to be silent. But he's not really being silent. Sometimes God says, you might want to write this down. Wait. Honey, can I have another piece of cake? Tomorrow. (laughs) It'll be stale. (laughs) Wait. Sometimes God says, not now. Sometimes God says, you can't, you can't have or do or be what you're asking for today because the time is not right. Wait, just wait. Wait on the Lord, as they say. (laughs) Wow. 
we need to go and we need to ask God. We need to ask God for wisdom. (laughs) I like the way the Amplified Version translates this verse. (laughs) It catches the literalness of the text. Listen to it. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given to him. Boy, I don't know if that, that, that translation jumps out off the page at you. It just kind of blows it up and kind of examines it as you read it. God's wisdom is practical. We're asking so that we can overcome our trials and have a mature, complete life and and faith lacking in nothing. God's wisdom is divine because he is divine. It goes beyond common sense, often confounding the very wisest of people. God's wisdom goes so far beyond you and me, most definitely me. God's wisdom is Christ-like. Wait a minute. Does that make, that, that, sounds, that sounds backwards, doesn't it? God's wisdom is Christ-like? Wouldn't, wouldn't Christ's wisdom be God-like? Listen to it. Asking for wisdom is really asking to be like Christ. Because Christ is the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.24, But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 7, when I come to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ, him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, and not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. God's wisdom is amazing. Let me tell you a little secret, and I'm going to end this morning. Let me tell you a little bit of secret about Daniel. And of all the people in this room, he's the one I know best. Daniel and Daniel's preaching. Let me tell you a little secret. I learned a lesson from a man by the name of Paul years ago. And it just popped off the page as I read uh, his words. If you think you're looking for a preacher who is high and lifted up, oops, he ain't, he ain't standing here. No, and I, I, I don't like to be eloquent. I don't want big words, except for counterintuitive, which I like. I'm not trying to wow you. What I'm trying to do is one thing. And I learned this, not from Paul. I learned this from God himself. And when I came to this understanding and this realization, it changed who I am overnight. You know, God is the Father. 
And we understand from the word of God that there is the Trinity, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they are three in one. Three in one. It's, it's a beautiful thing that if I could explain it to you in, in, in ways that you would understand it, I would be the most brilliant man on the face of the earth. But I can't. I can only give you descriptions, give you the imagery. But it, in the end of the day, it's one of those things that is a heavenly understanding. We can know it. We can embrace it. We can, we can believe in it. But to understand it completely, whew, that's tough. But this is the thing that excites me. You ready? What is the job of the Holy Spirit? Here it is. The Holy Spirit's job is to, and he's got multiple jobs. He's the comforter. He's the one who brings back to memory scripture. He, he does a lot of things. But ultimately, if I could boil it down to one simple fact, his job is to point all of us and everything to Jesus. He points everything to Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit's role. If I could boil it down into one statement, his role point to Jesus, Jesus, what's his role? Well, there's many things. He came and lived a perfect life. He came to provide a way of salvation unto us. He he came to be the way, the truth and the life and the only way back to the father. And guess what? If I could boil all that Jesus is down to one simple fact, his job is to point you and I and everything to the father. The Father gains all of the glory. So if that all be true, the Holy Spirit's pointing to Jesus, Jesus is pointing to the Father, and they're all working in conjunction with one another, then what's my purpose? It's going to be very simple. I'm just going to point everything to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus, to the Father. That's my call. If I'm going to do anything... It's not going to be to confound or to wow the masses. It's going to be simply to say, my dear friends, I don't care what you're going through. You need wisdom. You need to find a way past it, through it, on the other side of it. Call unto him, the author, the finisher of your faith, and he will give you wisdom in whatever you're facing. Pray with me this morning. Will you, Father God, I love you. I praise you and I thank you this morning for all that you do in our lives, no matter what we're facing. Father, just like we talked about moments ago uh, with a young lady and a young man who are facing an unplanned pregnancy, there is hope beyond their circumstances in this unplanned life event. And we have the resources to support an organization like Life Choices in our community to reach and to minister to who are trained and ready and prepared to help them through their situation and their circumstance and point them not only towards choosing life, but choosing Jesus Christ in their life if they so will listen. Father, I'm praying for those in this room who are facing difficulties in life, trials, no matter what they are. Father, let us call unto you. Let us call unto you and allow you to speak wisdom into our hearts and into our lives. 
Father, I'm praying for those in this room who need to make a commitment to you uh, in whatever fashion, whether that's salvation, whether that's rededication, whether that's to pray uh, for life choices, whether that's to pray for a friend in need, a, a lost friend, whether that's to pray for a circumstance that they're going through. Father, I'm praying, Lord, let you have your will and your way in every heart today. And we'll give you all the praise, all of the honor, all of the glory, because what we see you do in our life and lives around this church family, God will give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.